We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse. Or outside the clubhouse. Standing near the clubhouse. Standing far away, hoping six, one day the clubhouse six returns. The clubhouse. <laughs> six feet from the clubhouse, if even that. That would be welcome at this point. I know. We can't even joke about it without uh. someone going after us, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, we have to keep our sense of humor if we can. That's one of the few things we got going for us. And uh, <clears throat> nothing about this is funny, but... Uh, Certainly, uh, we have to just have a perspective if we can. You know, one of the things I've always loved about baseball, Bruce, is the endless conversational possibilities. Those will all get explored yes. over the next five to six they, weeks. They absolutely will. Our next guest joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. The accomplished baseball guy that he is, Jim Riggleman, uh, formerly the Cubs manager back in the day from 1995 through 1999, is nice enough to join us. On a Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Riggs. How are you today? Good morning, Bruce. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Matt and I definitely wanted to have you on today because you are the one that lived through a strike and lockout shortened season back in 1995. Your first year as a manager of the Cubs after coming over from the Padres and managing there. And let's just start by talking about what had transpired that winter uh, going into spring training when baseball had replacement players in their camps? Well, yeah, you know, the the strike had hit in August 11th and 94. So 95, excuse me, going through the winter, it was questionable as to uh, whether agreement was going to be put together. Obviously, it got to the point where it wasn't. So Ed Lynch, uh, the general manager, and his staff put together a replacement group. Uh, we took that replacement group to spring training like every other team in baseball did. And uh, we had a really good spring with those guys. Um, you know, it was a new experience for all of us. Uh, you know, we kind of ran spring training the way we normally would, uh, daily kind of checking the progress of um of uh, as to whether any agreement was going to come uh, with the players and the uh, ownership, and uh, you know it, it went right down to the end. And, and as I said, we had a, we had a good spring with those guys. They played well. They played hard. Uh, we enjoyed it, and they enjoyed it. But uh, you know, an agreement was came to was come to, and so uh, we got back to work with our regular guys. And, and and what was that transition like, by the way? What was that transition like where some guys stayed, some guys didn't, and you had to make choices on who to keep and, and who not to? Well, you know, in terms of the replacement players, I don't think we really kept anybody. Um, and on our club, I don't think anybody actually, uh, um, you know, made the club to uh, to join one of our minor league teams. <clears throat> there were a couple players, not to be named, who were in the system already who, who agreed to um, 
to play uh, for us uh, if if the regular season started. So those guys, those guys were already under contract as Cubs minor league players. So those guys uh, were, were continue to be in the organization, but the uh, the rest. Uh, you know, were basically just sent home, and um, you know, some of them tried to play some uh, baseball as best they could to get on with somebody else. But for the most part, they were done. Yeah, there was a real stigma for those players that did play as replacement players for the rest of their uh, careers. It went on for a while, didn't it, Riz? As far as uh, resentment for those guys that were able to hang on with the major league jobs. Very much so, Bruce. Yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of people who were never going to welcome them back, uh, you know, would not have anything to do with them. I think a few players did come back and and uh, work their way back into the good graces of the um, of the other players. Uh, I think it actually took place with a couple umpires through the years when the umpires went on strike. Right. But um, yeah, you know, it was a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. Some players were not uh, welcome back as as regular parts of a major league club and. You know, they were they were good players, good pitchers who were in that situation, and um, you know, it was it was a tough time, some tough choices for people. So, Riggs, walk us through uh, spring training and how it evolved. Uh, I think you guys had like uh, three weeks to uh, get everybody ready, and then a truncated season started. I think it was 144 games in 1995. It was it was exactly 144, and. Uh, it was, I, I don't know if it was as, even as much as three weeks. It was somewhere around that. And, um, you know, uh, guys, we could tell when people came into camp, when they showed up, wh- what their um, level of readiness was. Some guys came in in great shape. Some guys were totally, it was going to take uh, the, the few weeks and more. But we had um, we had a couple pitchers, uh, Jim Bullinger, comes to mind in particular he opened up for us that year when the season started and jim came in in really good shape uh ready to go and uh uh, we were able to stretch him out pretty quickly to where he could open for us uh we opened in cincinnati and he was ready to go the players um the pitchers you know they they were they were throwing and um you know before they got into the camp they anticipated that if, if this strike ends they better be somewhat ready and so most of them were uh pretty dedicated to their craft and, and we're ready. You know, guys like Traxel and so forth, they were ready. Yeah, it's uh, March 28th is when the strike officially ended. And then you guys you guys get rolling uh, towards towards the end of April. And that's the interesting thing that we're talking about here with uh, with Bullinger and any of these guys. Some of these pitchers today, it, if, if you were the big league boss of a, of a team right now, Riggs, and everybody got sent home, let's say, for a month or six weeks, the way that things work now, how long would you think a pitching staff would need, that a, a team would need to get its pitching staff ready to go? Well, there's kind of two parts to that question. You know, they will get ready because uh, with with the amount of strength and conditioning coaches and the guidance they get now and, and the nutrition, there's they'll be ready. And there's no excuse for them not to be ready uh, and as healthy as they can be. Now, the thing that happens is, and you saw it last year with some of the guys who did not have a normal spring training and not have the level of competition you're used to and the adrenaline and everything, uh, they just not did not have really good years, you know. Uh, a lot of the guys uh, 
great pitchers. You know, right. I don't think Kimbrell had the type of year he could have had if he'd had a normal spring training. And we, you know, we're, we're going to have some of that. You know, you're going to have some guys who they're trying to get ready as best they can, but, um, uh, you know, there's no way you can simulate a major league ball game and game speed and game competition against major league players, but they do the best they can. And in today's world, they'll, they'll be better off than they were back in those days because, um, you know, just the, the progress that's been made with, with players in terms of uh, the, you know, all the facilities they have to get ready. 25 years ago, Riggs, um, there was a different uh, perception. I mean, certainly you had million-dollar players, but not the, you know, it's, it's three, four, five times what it was back then. And the way that pitchers prepare and are expected to go six innings now compared to seven, eight, nine, do you, you think there'll be any type of difference involved there? And and from that perspective, did you find that the, the hitters were ahead of the pitchers for a longer period because of the uh, lockout strike of 95? You know, I always kind of feel like early in the year, the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. And my recollection of that year was pretty much the same, you know, with uh, hitters trying to get their timing in the cold weather and so forth. I think most of the time the the, the pitchers were ahead. And, and I know that guys, like, like I said, guys like Bullinger and Kevin Foster and Traxel and those guys uh, went out and pitched very well for us. And uh, you know, eventually the hitters caught up, and you know, the, as you know, in Wrigley Field, the wind changes direction in about May, mid-May, late May, and the ball starts flying. But they all—they all were ready to go and performed well early. Yeah, you got me looking back at game logs for starting pitchers in '95 rigs and seeing like Greg Maddox, who won the Cy Young that year for Atlanta, threw five innings in his first start, five and two thirds, then five innings, and then never went under six innings again. But it's like a couple of guys did did start out with with shorter starts, and these days. Boy, it's just so crazy, isn't it? Because all these different rules that are coming into effect and everything, everything's going to be so in flux. Teams might have to be creative. The league itself might have to be creative as we approach an opening day this year, whenever it is. Might be some some different kind of stuff to think about. Yeah. Well, those guys, you know, they went five because of of the short spring training. And, and, you know, Bullinger went five and – uh, most guys, that's what they did, and and you know they were they were irritated with that. They wanted to go further, and in today's world, guys go five, and that's you know a lot of times they're like, okay, how much further am I going? You know, it's it's a different <laughs> mindset, and um, so I think guys will be they will get stretched out to five and sometimes six innings in spring training, and they'll they should be ready to go five six, and you know the the top guys, the Scherzers and Degroms of the world. Uh, you know, they, they may go out there and go seven even. But that first time out, depending on how long the spring training is, you know, I mean, if the spring training is only a couple weeks, they they may definitely limit them to four and five innings. So, you, you know, you're going to see more pitchers on that staff initially and, uh, uh, you know, for the purpose of allowing some starters to maybe even go three or four, just, you know, break it in really slow. So uh, on a personal note, because uh, we're, we've been friends for a long time, uh this is probably first year in 50 years in your life, maybe longer, 60 years, you know, 55 years, that baseball isn't a part of it. How have you adjusted to that yourself? And uh, how are you uh, going to adjust to um, not having sports to look at like the rest of the world, just like we are? 
Yeah, you know, that, that remains to be seen. And actually, this uh, this would have been my 47th year in professional baseball. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I graduated from high school in 70, so it's my 50th year out of high school. And I've been, you know, going away to play ball somewhere to to get ready for pro ball. So, you know, say 50 years in a game. And it's it definitely different. But, you know, uh, right now um, I, I'm okay with it, you know. Uh, I want to get back in. But uh, I'm not obsessed with it. Uh, I love the game, and I love love managing and coaching and so forth. But uh, if um, you know, if 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 it's over, then um, you know that, that I'll be okay with it. I'm you know, it's it's hard to tell once the season gets going how much I'm going to miss it. But uh, to this point, you know, you have the advantage of you're off anyway in October, November, December, January. Right. So you kind of uh, that off time just kind of flows through now. I'm I'm really disappointed with this uh, coronavirus situation that's put baseball in because I was really looking forward to watching a lot of baseball. You know, uh, seeing a game in the afternoon, maybe uh, uh, catch a little bit more um, hmm. in the uh, in the evening as much or as uh, as little as you want. And and uh, now, you know, like so many people, I know your Cubs fans there are going to be like, what am I going to do? You know, I don't have right. baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Everything good there? Um, we, we're getting a little turbulence from uh, turbulence. cell, from, uh, turbulence. cell phone. Okay. Yeah, okay, uh, we had a little wind here, yeah. but I think we're better now. Yeah. As, far, as far as, um, you know, one throwaway from me is when you, uh, when you have a, a situation like this um, and they tell players they can stay or they can go, I think, don't, don't you think at some point they're going to say, no, no one should stay, and uh, it's we encourage you not to be there, and don't keep your your um, facilities open for some and not for others, because the fact that guys will want to come up and back, and you don't know where they're going. Yeah, I th- I think initially it'll be good for them to stay, give it this first couple weeks, and and try to uh, to see if there's some some resolution. I think we all feel like it's not going to happen, but just in case it does. You know, you can crank things back up very quickly. But um, after that, I think uh, you're right. I think they'll just uh, send everybody home and say, uh, you know, we'll we'll bring you back and we're going to give this thing plenty of time to uh, get ready. We'll restart from the beginning and um, carry some extra players to get through that first part of the season. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Bruce. I I think that I think everybody will get sent home eventually. But uh, I, I think, you know, for the first couple of weeks, they'll stay. Riggs, thanks a million. Uh, you know, look forward to uh, talking to you during the season. And uh, for good and great baseball people like yourself, there's always going to be a job down the line. So, well, keep, I appreciate it, Bruce. Up. Yep, absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks, Take care. You guys. thanks Riggs. All right. Hey, Jim Riggleman, uh, as classy as they come on and off the field. And uh, I'm hoping he gets back into it when there is a job to get back into when baseball starts again. It's quite a feeling. It's got to be quite a feeling of, uh, you know, of course I, I can't relate, but I remember talking to Bronson Arroyo one time and he's like, yeah, this year is going to be the first time in uh, 26 years yeah. that I'm not going reporting to camp and getting ready. It's like, what the hell do I do with myself for Riggs? He said 47 years. That's just professional ball. Yeah, so, of course. So you go back to when he started playing like we all did when we we're six or seven, there was always baseball. From the time you're seven or eight years old uh-huh. till he's, you know, like 63 years old, 64 years old. It's like, you know, what, what do you do now? And that's uh, that's an interesting thing. And it's a tremendously accomplished, uh, <clears throat> bright guy. So 
I'm uh, hoping things uh, work out for him well. There's a player in Arizona with a wacky idea about something to do. I want to run that by you. Uh, yeah. But um, you said Rick Hahn spoke yesterday. We should listen to that we'll, as well. We'll do that as well. 312-644-6767. If you'd like to join us, we want to hear from you. This hour on the score is brought to you by Way Back In. It's inside the clubhouse. Dial it up and get involved right now for the rest of the show. You can text as well at 67011. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Six seventy. the score is where you are. You got inside the clubhouse. Taking your phone calls right now through the rest of the show at 312-644-6767. We can answer all questions as best we can regarding baseball and the timeline and what might happen, what might not happen. But a lot of it is going to end up being creative conversation, Bruce, the kind that we were just having right there during the break. Yeah, I mean, uh, owners of all the sports, including baseball, general managers, managers, everybody's going to be involved in trying to figure out uh, when and how these sports can start up right now. You know, we have no idea whatsoever as to when there would be a start out. There's so much speculation. Gee, if uh, baseball can start in uh, May, you know, maybe we can have, you know, a full season. If it's June, do you have two halves? Do you play just one half? Uh, If it's later than June, you know, is there going to be a season? Mm -hmm. All these things are just, Right up in the air right now. There's there's nobody that really has a handle on it. Yeah, sports low on the priority list. In a sense. In a sense. In a sense. Because sports is such a, a great escape for all of us. Yeah, well, that, that's the sports thing. Sports and theater, you know, Disney, Disneyland shutting down, Disney World probably to follow. I don't know if it did in the last day or so, but it, it has did. to. I mean, where do people go to relieve the stress of what's going on right now. That's that's never happened. I mean, during World Wars, even shortened seasons were a part of it that presidents said, we, need we must have baseball. You bet. World War I was shortened. You know, a shortened season ended in uh, early September. World War II went on with a few men that were left here to play the game. It wasn't a good quality of baseball. But it was still baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things have always been important to the leaders of our country to keep uh, morale up during very tough times. Movies were king during uh, World War II to uh, keep people's spirits up. But uh, now, you know, it's right now, it's it's individualized to the point of, you know, you have to entertain yourself at home, you know, your music, you know, your family. I'm sure board games are going to be uh, very popular again. They still have board games? Uh, absolutely. My okay. son is great at sorry. He's really got a, a yeah. strategy down. 
for that. It's very solid. Yeah, um, movies, uh, obviously, all, all that stuff. But there's gonna there's an opportunity here for something communal to be invented that we're not even aware of. It's going to happen. People are creative. People need to be connected, and we're gonna find a way to do it. And whether that is more people gravitating to esports and watching each other play video baseball games, okay. or that is, you know, give me uh, another choice, okay, would you? Okay, <laughs> if if I'm if I'm the marquee network, I've got got ideas mm-hmm. but maybe i'll save those for the marquee network but you know i've got ideas there's things we should all watch i'm again. sure i'm sure they're thinking about just the same thing everybody needs to be creative yep. it's look, a time for that for, for for sports stations uh there's history of sports to talk about certainly okay? there's uh people like jim riggleman to talk to who've lived through the history of things that were going to be similar to what's going to uh, transpire here when the sports do go back. So there's a lot of areas to go to there. People love the trivia of their sports. And, uh, you know, guys like Les's show, you know, totally unaffected by this because of the fact that uh, Les delves in the here and now (laughs) as well as the past, as well as anybody that's ever done uh, sports radio. I, you know, I love baseball trivia. I adore it. Um, Some of my favorite moments working as sports media have been sitting there in the lunchroom, either at Wrigley or somewhere else, and kicking it around. Jim Deshays is terrific at it. Yeah, well, we uh, every for every game at Wrigley, there's uh, Craig Lynch, myself, Jim, uh, um, uh, Joe, who is a good friend of Craig's, and Pat Hughes, and we. we play stump each other, you know. Yeah, um, that's the table and, I like to try and, to sit and at. It's, and it's and it's fun trivia every day, uh, you know, with with stumpers. And it's it's hard to stump people in baseball because we all think that we know everything about it. Right? All right, all right. So we're gonna have to make a pledge here to bring a couple of trivia questions for each other every week. Okay, you in? Yeah, all absolutely. Right. Even just for each other. Sure. And then people can hear our minds work right. as we try to guess. And uh, the only player to play, play in all four divisions in one season. Uh, well, see now there's six divisions, so we're going back four, to a four yeah, divisions yeah. when there was four. Four uh, only player in all four divisions in one season. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Think about it. All right. Okay. I will. And in the meantime, we'll talk to Riles and Gridley on uh, 670 The Score. Hello, Riles. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing, Spigs? We're great. Thank you. Good. Um, Bruce, are you still in Arizona? No, I came back yesterday. Full flight, okay. 620 a.m. Uh, yeah, there were about a third of the – no, a tenth of maybe of the hundred and some odd people, maybe 20 people with masks and gloves. Hmm. Okay. Um, what I was, what I wanted to bring up is um, this. This might bode well for the Cubs if Rossi is going to be such a great leader as the Cubs think he's going to be. Um, if he is able to keep the team together and they continue spring training, um, you know, it, it's not mandatory now, I believe. But uh, there's a possibility that they could get off to a good start, and that's going to be very, very important because I think uh, the season is going to have to be shortened. And uh, you'll stay sharp if you continue to practice when some of the other teams, the players are going home. Well, this is the thing, Riles, is that um, what happened yesterday during the day is that MLB and the Players Association agreed that players could go home. 
and now players went ahead and some teams are staying, some guys are staying, some guys are going to the city where the team plays, some guys are going to their homes. So you are starting to have people spread out all over the country, and that has started already. So, And the Cubs coaches, David Ross and everybody else, went home. Theo yeah, Epstein told or us or that last on, night. Or they're on their way. They're on one, their way. One, but, uh, you know, again, staying together in groups right now is not being recommended. Mm. It's just not. You know, because you're together in groups during the day, but you're not at night. Okay. Yeah. So again, this is just no different than any workplace, you know, where people are being told and our bosses are no different. Stay at home. If you don't feel well at all, Mm. stay at home. If anybody in your home is not well, stay at home. If anybody in your building is sick and you've been in contact with them, stay at home. These are the common sense things that everybody has to apply. And baseball players, just because we want them to be in a group and ready to play, are no different than anybody else in any other workplace. Several textures um, giving you the answer that I could not come up with, and that's Dave Kingman. Very true. 1977. I'm looking at the stats now. He was a Met and a Padre, and then he was a California Angel and a New York Yankee. Yes. All in the same year. Pretty fantastic, right? <laughs> he also hit 35 home runs and drove in 93, I believe, in 1987 and couldn't find a job and had to retire. That's how much of a jerk he really was. Yeah, I mean, right now, metrically, he would be, uh, you know, he would be getting big free agent dollars to come back for for year 38. I don't know. That that year at age 37. Year 204 or something like that. His OPS, would take, like to take a stab at his OPS, 35 homers, 94 ribs in 1986 at age Pro- 37. Probably under 800. Lower. Yeah, seven. Lower. 686. That's amazing with 35 home runs, that right? That is a 255 on base percentage with 35 home runs. Yeah. That's not going to keep you a job. I don't know. Well, yeah, right. It's no OPS no. is not going to keep you a job. No. I that's that's so I think he, he's got to be the guy that retired with the, the most home runs. Uh, and is not in the Hall of Fame? No, no, that uh he had to retire because no one wanted him after it was 93 RBIs, right? 94 RBIs. Yeah, and, and 35 homers. Yeah, you think anybody hit more than 35 homers in their final year? Well, not with probably only guys that said they were going to retire, you know, uh, before the season, mm-hmm. but unlikely. Anyway. I'm going uh, to Ted Williams' final year, 29 homers, yeah. 72 ribs for Ted in his final year. Ted hit 316. His final year at age 41, Ted's OPS was 1.096. Good night, everybody. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, because he because he walked just like he always did. He was... <laughs> yeah, 451 on base percentage yeah. in his final season not at too, age 41. Not too bad, you know. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's listen to Rick Hahn. This is um, a couple of minutes in. You said yesterday from earlier in the day. Right. right. He talked at noon um, Chicago time yesterday. And uh, he didn't have all the intel yet about the camps, but uh, he gave his perspective of what White Sox camps should be, will be, and uh, whether it'll be open or not. All right. Thanks for gathering, everybody. Obviously, it's a unique time for all of us. Traditionally, I think we've all viewed sports, and certainly from my perspective, baseball as an important distraction from the real world for, for people and uh, unfortunately, at, at this point, uh, it's obvious that we're not uh, we're, we're not immune from this ourselves as as an industry. So, uh, obviously, we're very supportive of the decision made by Major League Baseball. 
when you're talking about the interest of the health and safety of fans and players, staff, and everyone in the community, we, you really have no choice. We continue to monitor the situation closely. We are in ongoing contact with Major League Baseball, state, local, public health authorities, and uh, we, we hope to get back on the field soon, but we're, we're going to follow the direction of local and national public health and government officials and coordinate with Major League Baseball. Uh, this morning, uh, we met as a group uh, with, with the team, with the, the, those in Major League camp, players and, and coaches and staff, uh, had a uh, very good conversation about where we sit right now and, and what we, uh, how, how to make the best of the situation. You know, we're doing best we can with the information we have to educate our players and staff about prevention and good hygiene and awareness uh, of the current situation. And at the same time, on the, a more, I don't know, nuanced level, we're also continuing to prepare for uh, to the best of our ability for the start of the season when that when that comes. That is Rick Hahn right there on 670. I was just asking... Uh... Off the air, when we're listening to this, I was just asking Matt if he's creative with his own time. Um, fairly creative. I've got a pile of books that I haven't yeah. read and I, made to. I mean, we're all thinking of this. You know, what are we going to do with extended time inside? You know, it's almost like, you know, it's it's like uh, when there's a, a snowstorm and everybody has to stay in. Snow for, day! <laughs> yes. Woo! Snow day every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it will test all of our creativity of being uh, productive uh, by ourselves and within the realm of our families and areas that we are designated. Yeah, it's it's been a rapid shift in how we talk about this stuff and think about this stuff. A few days ago, I was joking like, you know what? This self-quarantine sounds pretty good. I'd like to self-quarantine. For how long? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> things got very real. A long weekend? Starting, yeah. uh, starting on Thursday night, yeah, things long got... weekend. Or Wednesday night, things got very, very real. Right. He is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse. One more segment to go. Phone lines uh, and text lines open for you. 670-11 if you want to hop in. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Some people asking a few logistical questions that we can answer, and we will do so when we come back on The Score. the great drum sounds in the history of drum sounds unreplicatable you can't do when the levee breaks make that drum sound because they were down in the bottom of a stairway bruce from heaven yeah well just about down in this they put john bonham in this stairway you can't match that sound but that's not why he called uh trevor bauer uh, yesterday said to any baseball players in Arizona, MLB or minor league players in Arizona who want in on a sandlot game, please respond to this tweet and we'll organize with you. All pitchers and hitters will be mic'd up. It is mandatory to be mic'd up. Open to any other rule suggestions. Let me know. And apparently a bunch of players responded and Bauer tweeted later confirmed this is happening. All content and live streams from this event will be distributed through Watch Momentum and yeah. his personal channels. No further announcements made, so follow now or risk mis- missing it entirely. He's it's, trying to be creative with his branding and such. It's happening till somebody pulls a hamstring. You got six weeks probably to recover, right? Right. But uh, does Major League Baseball void your contract for doing this? <laughs> right? Yeah, they could. Yeah, they right? 
they could and they will when it talks about talk about millions of dollars. You know, I, it reminds me of all the times that people tried to keep Michael Jordan from playing pickup oh, games. That, you know, you know that, that's a, that's stepping on from zero to sixty when you talk about Jordan. Yeah, you go from it, Trevor Bauer I mean, to nobody, Jordan. Nobody lived in Michael Jordan's world. Mm-hmm. You know. He lived in his own world. But during, I mean, during the NBA lockout, there were pickup games that uh, that had gone on. Yeah, but I mean, you know, again, you're, you're not allowed to do this. You know, it's specified in these contracts. You're not allowed to participate in these sports in any organized manner and subject to you blowing your contract. Way to take the fun out of Bowers' Sandlot game. Yeah, Bruce. well, good for him. Maybe he should have one every day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Are they charging admission start, or not? Start a league. <laughs> is he, is Let's he charging? Go. go ahead. You know how many people would watch that? The answer is a lot. A lot of people. Uh, texters at 670 How many days? Yeah, right, for a list, uh, a, list uh, a little while. Um, questions uh, going on. Folks, are teams allowed to keep talking to their players about contracts extensions like Javi. Yeah. Nothing will change. KB. Sure, yeah, sure. You can be a uh, great time for a Javi to get a contract. Yeah. yeah. Have some conversations. I mean, there is plenty of time for everybody to just concentrate on that. With MLB play suspended, our team's also suspended for making player trades during this time. No, 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 no. they're it's, not. This is, you know, it's just like the off season. There's any time from November uh, through, um, July the 31st, uh, you're, you're free to make any type of move that you like. Uh, Peoria Matt says he's ha- he has decided to wear a first baseman's glove until the virus has passed. I think that's wise for all of I us. I would wear two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if you can do it. it. It's good. you know. And, and again, we're not laughing about the situation. We're laughing about the reality of the situation. And, we, and you have to keep s- sense of humor if you can, you know. Uh, it's not. It's not easy during these times to uh, even smile. You know, everybody's walking around so tense. It's mm-hmm. understandable. Um, uh, let's go to Jim in Lockport on six seventy. The score. Hello, Jim. What's happening, man? How are you? Hey, morning, guys. Morning. Hey, um, if they're not going to play these games or make them up, are the players going to get paid? Yeah, to be determined if whether it's prorated or not, and uh, that that's. Just one other function of this whole mess going on right now is, you know, how how and when do they get paid? How much? You know, is it a shortened season amount? Uh, you know, we have to go look at back mm-hmm. at the precedent of it from the shortened seasons of the past as well. My guess it would be prorated. Yeah, you think they'll find a way to to prorate it? Oh, of course. I think you have to. I mean, they won't have the revenue streams to support uh, full payment for – the 162 games. So my guess it will be, but not like there won't be a lot of conversations about it. Look, if the owners are making less money because there's less games, it only makes sense that the players have to make less as well. Mm. Um, All right, Bruce, my favorite trivia question for a long time was destroyed by the steroids era. Mm. So I want you to go okay. back before it, okay? okay? Sure. Because it's fun this way. The, the question well, I'll is... I'll determine that. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm establishing the edict that it is fun. Even if you don't enjoy it, I yeah, will. That's true. Um, the, the question was, the five guys who hit 50 or more homers in a season twice... Mm-hmm. Because once steroids hit and everything so, exploded, you had Sosa and so McGuire. You're saying, uh, pre, pre yeah. let's say pre nineteen ninety. 
Okay. So five guys hit 50 or more homers in a season twice. Okay, okay Mantle Mays. Um, Mantle and Mays are correct. Okay. Uh, then you have, um, well, what, what are we pre what, 1990? Yeah. Pre-1990. So you have Mantle, Mays, you have... Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. Have, Not Willie Mays, Hayes. Certainly you have Ruth. You have Babe Ruth. He's uh, waiting have, for that one. You have uh, Jimmy Fox. You do have Jimmy Fox. Mm-hmm. Well played, sir. And uh, one more, right? Yes, one more. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Hank Greenberg. Uh, it's a great guess. The answer is no. Hank Greenberg never had over 50 except for the year he had 58. All right. And uh, not the, not Hack Wilson. Give, me, give had, me the years and I'll give you the guy's name. You sure? Because this, this is, I love that we've ended up here because this sure. is the toughest one. It's the weird one. Mm-hmm. 1949 mm-hmm. and 1947 were the years that he hit over 50 home runs. Uh, that would be Ralph Kiner. Ralph Kiner, ladies and gentlemen. Way to go, Bruce. Ralph Kiner. I missed one. Uh, one of the all-time greatest in terms of home runs per at-bats. And, yeah. and, and I knew him as, by the time I came into baseball consciousness, as a mostly doddering, entertaining Mets broadcaster. Before I know he was great as a broadcaster for a long time. I believe he led the league in homers seven times. Whoop. I mean, um, Whoop. that's that's my what I believe I remember. That's uh, he was quite a home run hitter, and he didn't play all that long. He only played what maybe eleven years, twelve years. You're, not only did he lead the league in homers seven times, he did it seven years in a row. Yeah, that's pretty good. From forty six to fifty two, but only played how many years? Um, only played 10 seasons. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? In the bigs. Was uh, an all-star six times. Yep. And finished top 10 MVP four times. That's it. Kiner's Corner. Yeah, Kiner's Corner is exactly right. Where he and then a young Tim McCarver, and that was like yeah, it was the beginnings of, uh, of of a revolution in the broadcasting world. Because McCarver, people don't remember that McCarver was like young and snappy and into stats and like. McCarver had an edge to him and was like the future of broadcasting for a while at the very beginning of McCarver's career. You remember that? Yes. Also, another part of a trivia question, playing in four different decades. Who's that, McCarver? Yeah. Hmm. Now, is is it Jim Cott who played in four different decades <laughs> yes, as well? Mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan, I believe, played yeah. in four different decades. I believe so. Um, are there more? Are there more than that? Let's see. Fisk, Probably. Fisk uh, was he in the 60s, 60s, 70s, 80s? No, Fisk was a rookie in seventy two. Okay, so he would not be. Mm-hmm. But uh, those for sure. So this is what you're going to hear on Inside the Clubhouse from now on. Yeah. Right? Well, every Folks, once in a while uh, we will be taking your trivia questions. But you know, again, entertainment and information is what we're about here. We want to continue to do that for you every single week here and tomorrow. Matt has a sensational show lined up that you're going to want to listen to. Hit and Run begins tomorrow. So I get three hours every Sunday morning to talk Cubs, Red Sox, White Sox, um, Giants, Braves, Dodgers. No, it's going to be a lot of White Sox and Cubs, of course. And uh, some national stuff and plenty of fun. But tomorrow uh, for the first show, Steve Stone is going to join me at 11 o'clock. Looking forward to talking to Stoney tomorrow. 
And Roger Clemens, that's why I brain flipped and said Red Sox early. Roger Clemens is on the show tomorrow at 920. It's a weird story how we yeah. ended up with Roger Clemens, but how do you say no to an interview opportunity with Roger Clemens? No, you I, don't. I, obviously, he's promoting something yeah. important, and uh, you are going to have him on, which is sensational. I'll be listening, and I'll, I want to hear all the questions that you ask him, including the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that last one could be the first one, depending on which way I go, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many creative ways to ask him about, uh, you know, the proposed steroids use and uh, the, and uh, how uh, people should look at that and uh, how quickly he hangs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 29 players in Major League history have played in four decades, Bruce. Uh, 80s to the 2010s was Jamie Moyer, Ken Griffey Jr., and Omar Vizquel. 70s to the aughts, Ricky Henderson, Mike Morgan, Jesse Orozco, Tim Raines. 60s to the 90s, Bill Buckner, Rick Dempsey. Oh, you're right, Carlton Fisk. Rookie of the year in 72, but he had a cup of coffee in 69. 69, Look at you. Buckner, Dempsey, Carlton Fisk, Jerry Royce, Nolan Ryan. 50s to the 80s, Jim Cott, Tim McCarver, Willie McCovey. 40s to the 80s. Five decades. 40s to the 80s. Mini Minoso. Just one. Just one. He's the only guy. Yeah, but guy. that, that was that a really cheat. count? The 80s was a cheat. Yeah, no, I mean. But so 70s was, was no, a cheat. That was a cheat, That too. was a cheat, too. Yeah. All right. 30s yeah. to the 60s, Mickey Vernon, Ted Williams. I should have told you that. 39 to 60, early win. Bobo Newsom before right. that, Eddie Collins, Jack it's, Quinn. It's all about the oddity of being there mostly on the, the last year of a certain decade. A lot of them, you know. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Just, just, the, just the happenstance. And, and the first or second year of the last decade they play. Yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll be planning for some fun stuff along the way for Inside the Clubhouse. That is for sure. And we'll be taking your calls and your texts all season long, whether there is a season or not, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. That's so... That's grim. Yeah, I know. Is. Sorry. It's not Bob Grimm. Yeah. It's not... <laughs> Or Chuck Grimm. This segment is brought to you by Illini Care Health. You deserve quality health care. Choose Illini Care Health for health care coverage. That includes free gym membership uh, after school care and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a health choice Illinois plan. Charlie Grimm. Charlie Grimm. Yes. Yes. We have people to thank. We do. Uh, Certainly Paul Sullivan, the president of the Baseball Writers of America, and does such a great job. Writing baseball in the Chicago Tribune. Jim Riggleman, the former manager of the Cubs and many other teams, talking about the lockout strike and players coming back in 1995. We all can, well, there's Steve Rosenblum getting ready to do what he does best. He is next. Rosie uh, and Mark Grody yeah. reunited for Maximum People Suckage. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also write Cubs and Sox. Information every day at 670thescore.com. Matt, have a great show tomorrow, and I'll see you next week. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, everyone. Suckage and Steve are next right here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.